Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. 21 is the score you want in blackjack. Welcome to the what? fact off. <laughs> you want to start that again? <laughs> Play the theme song. Welcome to the fact off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the fact off. Welcome to Fact Off. I'm your host, Alex, as you heard in the theme song. And it's with me, as always, is Patty Mike. What's up, man? Mike hey, is the one going that's on? always trying to smack you. You want to know his fact. We'll smack you. Yeah, not not me physically. I'm not Will Smith and everybody. No, too hey, soon. keep my facts out of your <laughs> fact and mouth. I approve of that joke. <laughs> Hey, oh yeah, new thing on the podcast is any joke tells Mike has to approve it. Well, any it joke tells Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a stamp ready to go. Well, yeah, welcome to the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, get to decide on who is the winner. You're a bit rusty after coming back from Sin City, I guess you would call it. Yeah, came back from Vegas. Hat in hand. Yep. It was fun. Vegas did a good time. Mike doesn't think he should go to Vegas, but I think he would like it. It's it's on the same level to me as Disney World Land. I, I don't care about any of these places, honestly. But um, Disney World Land, <laughs> wherever that place is, it's worth seeing. Once you have to see all the lights. All right, Bright Light City gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Hey, you said you weren't gonna sing anymore, unless that song comes up in conversation. Okay, I guess that checks out. I think yeah. you would like it, Mike, and you can like all this stuff around, like hiking and all around Vegas. To yes, me, it's going to be like the Tower of Babel, like all this stuff. Like God's like, no, no, stop building this gigantic building or statue or whatever you're building. He was building a tower. Aren't they literally building a Tower of Babel in Kentucky? We're not going <laughs> to talk about that. That's <laughs> embarrassing. Not so many fronts. But there are people. Look it up. Well, welcome to Fact Off. And <laughs> this is a show where we say welcome to the fact office. I'm trying to be set. <laughs> so last week, you guys want to know who the winner is? Yeah, we all do. We're still no waiting one, for the fans no to decide. No one is the winner. It was yeah. a three-way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. was. <laughs> hey, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> but I went to Vegas by myself. What you two do? <laughs> <laughs> we were stowaways. Yep. Uh, so there was no winner. So that means no victory fact. Everybody's a loser then. Even the listeners. We know what that means. (laughs) Even you, listeners. (laughs) Make up your mind next time. View the results and then vote. Means more time for past fun, fast facts, fun, family, spectacular. We need a theme song for that. So technically we could have more time because we missed so many days. I have like nine facts to go off of, but Ooh. I did choose the best five. Oh, thank God. Uh, I will be the judge of that. <laughs> so did you know, this is a little, uh, I mean, it's kind of late. It's a week late and a dollar short, but plastic Easter eggs and plastic Easter grass were invented by a man who holds more patents than Thomas Edison. <gasps> Bill Patton? <laughs> yes. Uh, he's not famous enough to have his name on the fact, <laughs> but... Yeah. Someone has more patents than Thomas Edison. 
Fact number Wait, two. it didn't actually give the name? <laughs> no. Unless his name is April 17th. What type of fact is that where it doesn't even give the name of the person that has more fat patents than... Also, do you want Some of name? these facts are like fun. They're like little breadcrumbs. They want you to like, hey, what if we... We want them to look up stuff and learn things. So I bet they'll Google this if they... But who invented like Easter grass? Like, know what, know what, know what this basket's needing? Fake grass that you keep finding for weeks on end. Sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> um, Alex doesn't like real grass. Alex doesn't like fake grass. That's true. Speaking of fruit, did you know that strawberry is the only fruit that bears seeds on the outside? I had an inkling, but I didn't know it was the only one. <laughs> you could visibly see it. Yes. But, but like Pat was saying, it was the only one. So we're I, eating no. their seeds when we eat them? Yes. Yeah. Most... yeah what you... you don't pick them out before you eat each I'd one? I try to. When when are they going to design a seedless strawberry? <laughs> I'm sure it exists. A cold day in hell. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I do like strawberries. The seeds give you like that texture. It's nice. Yeah. Are you, are you guys pro strawberry shortcake or anti strawberry shortcake? I love strawberry shortcake. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't met a soul that's anti strawberry shortcake. Damn right. Because if they are. Kill him right there. What? All right. Anyway. <laughs> this is getting violent. Uh, what's yeah. the next fact? Speaking of Sin City, the first roller coaster was invented at Coney Island as a way to distract people from their sinful activities. That's and true. It didn't work. We all just started having sex on roller coasters. Uh, nothing better than roller coaster sex. Roller coaster sex. It has its ups <laughs> and downs. Mike, did you approve that joke, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I did get the joke. I, I approve it. I'm giving you a stamp of approval. Stamped. All right, this one's a little sad, but it has the word sin in it. Oh, thank God. I know. Three dogs survived the sinking of the Titanic. How did they get out? Doggy paddle? I don't know. (laughs) I hope that's in the fact. (laughs) Yeah, dogs know how to share, uh, you know, little bures to lay on in the water. Well, little they cut that scene from the movie Titanic, but it first went, dogs first. Then women and children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Billy Zane is carrying a dog. <laughs> like, he's, just, boat. he's dressed up as a dog. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, I want to see that movie. Make Let's make that movie. Billy Zane's not doing anything else. All right, and then finally, this is my favorite fact. This might be my favorite fact of all time. Because there's no way to prove this. But April 11th, 1954, was recorded as the most boring day in the world. Really? That's what it says. <laughs> I I believe it wholeheartedly. <laughs> Nothing happened that day? I looked it up. You can't find anything. So if you could travel <laughs> back in time, would you go back to that day and see? If you could find something interesting. Yeah, you want to find some peace and quiet. You know, you're tired of all the, the hustle and bustle of time travel. Go to that day. I think they're what? just trying to cover something up, honestly. Yeah, what is it's that? true. They don't want us to know about that day. Yeah, I didn't Google just it. Wipe, that's funny. They probably just wiped it. You know, the FBI wiped it away. What if it, yeah, like the Men in Black day? Yeah. It's like. What if that's when aliens touched down on Earth, wiped our memories, and that's why it's the boringest day ever, because we have no clue. That's yeah, true. they couldn't come up with like a fake alibi. The aliens couldn't decide on like what we did that day. So they like, wrote this calendar. Yes. And we have some sort of proof, and we could follow the breadcrumbs 
What if this is an alien calendar? Only one was made, and my wife found it, and now I'm reading it, and now we're going to pollute the airwaves with all these rotten facts about aliens. All right, those are your fast five facts, fun facts, (laughs) factacular. (laughs) You call them fat at one point? (laughs) Yeah, those are the fat facts. Little fat, fatty fat facts. Um, We should have the fat facts of the week. (laughs) (laughs) The fat facts. Well, I vote for the nothing happened on April 11th. Yeah, I'm just going to go with that. That's both the worst and the best fact, so. It really is. I also like the uh, the roller coaster one. Wait, you made that good joke. All right, so Alex, uh, nobody won. So who's going to go still first? On the winning streak. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go first. My fact's not that long, but it I found it interesting. Is it about your penis? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I approve that joke. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Damn, I should take an approval vote from Mike. So. We go all the way back. <laughs> he totally he totally ruined his thought process with that joke. He's like, so, you blew him away. Now he's just thinking about his penis. Yeah. So you guys like sports? Yeah. Good. Who doesn't? Yeah, so we go back to 2003. There's a group called the Asian-German Sports Exchange Program. That try to get like Asian countries to play European countries in... Different sporting events. So one day out of blue, the Sri Lankan sports ministry calls them, calls them up. and like, hey guys, how's it going? We're thinking about setting up a handball expedition against Germany. Would you guys be interested? And this group's like, yeah, cool. We never played Sri Lanka in handball. Because Sri Lanka didn't have a team. What? So Sri Lanka didn't have any people there that ever had put hands on balls? Nope. No. Little known fact about Sri Lanka is that it's a soccer-fed country that you can't use your hands to touch any balls whatsoever. Also, if you slightly bump into somebody, they fall down. (laughs) So they had, what they had to do, they hired a coach. I couldn't say his name, so I didn't write it down. Wait, 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 Alex. Why don't we have a Disney movie for this yet? Just like um, Cool Runnings. Well, if we, can I finish the fact and then you find no, out? No, <laughs> I, I, I want to imagine this movie in my head right now. If this turns out to be Cool Running, I'm going to be so upset. So what they said is we can't play handball and we don't want to come to Sri Lanka, but we will go to Jamaica if you guys change this one now. <laughs> um, so they hired a coach and then in a couple weeks they had to get a handball team together that seemed okay in handball so a couple weeks later well they had like the the one player was a 28 year old kid guy named Chinada (laughs) (laughs) who never played handball before but he played uh, volleyball in high school so he's like it seems a pretty simple sport there's two halves you can take three steps when you have the ball and then you have to pass or shoot it's a basic sport. So the German team came to Sri Lanka. And they played an exhibition match to see how it goes. Sri Lanka lost 36-2. to <laughs> <laughs> They got those two points. So that's why they didn't make the movie. <laughs> yeah. But the founder of Detmar, the founder of the organization, Detmar <laughs> Doring, and the German officials were like, you know what? These guys seem like they understand the rules. We'll invite them to the uh, German tournament. They seem like they understand the rules. We just beat them 36-2. to two. 
They, it looked like they had the rules. That's the only <laughs> requirement. You have to understand the rules. I think anybody could understand the rules. Not even they did understand the rules. They just they seem like they understand the rules. <laughs> they have a vague idea what we're doing here. So the 23-man te- team, they flew to Germany. They were staying in the town Witzdenligen. Something like that. German do you town. pick facts based on how hard the words are to say? I do. So they met the mayor, they took pictures, they partied, they had fun. The next day they had a match. They got blown out. They didn't even score that time. And then that night, more partying, more excitement. Then the next day, the team was gone. Like what? The rapture? Is this the, the story the, of the rapture? The Sri Lanka team was gone. No one could find them. They were missing. Some people, oh, they thought that they went... Running in the woods and then got lost and they couldn't find them. But then they found a note that says, Well, go into France. That's but, it. And that yep. was another. So, what happened was at five o'clock in the morning after their first game, after they were partying, the team grabbed their bare necessities and some clothes and left. And they told, like, Hey, we're going to France. But really, they were going to Italy. I just imagined in my head them singing this song, <laughs> Bare Necessities, on? the entire time. The whole thing was a ruse. <laughs> These guys were trying to get out of Sri Lanka and go to Italy to work so they can work and send money home to their families. That's like a mastermind plan. That's so I awesome. guess it's a thing called decamping. And I guess it's happened, but this is like the biggest. There was a whole team missing. And they went to Italy. They said uh, over the decade within a decade half of them came back to Sri Lanka but half of them stayed they worked and sent money back to their families is it illegal to leave yeah you need you need a visa like they had to get visas to get out of the country to go to Germany oh. and Italy is accepting of people from Sri Lanka because they want like drug dealers or any like violent criminals or anything they were people just trying to get jobs they were handballers yeah. The most trustworthy of people. And the one guy, Chinata, his brother was already in Italy. He's the one who told him about the scheme in 2002. He was like, hey, it's like $4,000. You come here, you can work, and then we, you can pay me back. You have funded the money, and then you can work. And that's what they did. Good for them. Yeah, but I guess like it happened in like 93, where like uh, all but one of those coaches came home and even the coaches were in on it? In uh, the had event in Canada, all but one of them came, stayed. One of them came back. They absolutely need to make a movie about this. I think this is a feel-good story, honestly. There the, I think there was an Italian movie made about it. That was like a comedy. And they but. said, they sang a song. Some people, they say they can't <laughs> believe. Sri Lanka, we have a handball team. They did say that. <laughs> but yep. That's my fact. Very but like, fun. There was some side effects that they had to shut down the program that the guy had. The They said a lot of the players wrote letters to him apologizing that they used it as a ruse to get out of the <laughs> so country. So this one guy took it absolutely serious and everybody else uh, were in on it? Yeah, he was trying to create a program where Asian countries, especially like the smaller Asian countries, could get to go to Europe to play these teams and sports. And I build <laughs> cultural And change. that's why people don't make the... These uh, 
situations exactly. up. Well, and then Germany shut down. Like we're not ta- we're not playing anybody from this country in anything ever again. Um, really? Yep. That's but sad. But my f- my fact is called where they go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very nice. Um, which one of you guys want to go next? Mike, you want to go? Yeah, I got it. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Mike. All right, so my we're gonna we're gonna go all the way back to the Middle Ages. Further back, back than Alex's fact. Yeah, way way further back. This doesn't nothing to do with handballers. I'm not talking about handballers at all. Everything so we can get goes, that out of our minds. Out of out of our minds. Every fact it. goes back to handball. No, no, we're not talking handball anymore. We're talking to meat. We're talking delicious meat, and but Pat hates meat. That's, well, that's why I brought this fact in because it's the first <laughs> um, anti-vegetarian movement in in the world. Really? No, I just made that part up. No, no, this has nothing to do with vegetarianism at all. I just was trying to get your attention. <laughs> um, well, I wasn't listening until you said that. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, well, I, I guess I can't ask this question because, uh, well, I guess Pat, you have some uh, experience previously in life. So, do you guys prefer <laughs> your meat cooked in the oven or like on a spit, like roasting over a fire? Uh, probably the oven is more of my experience. Do I have to cook it? No, you don't have to cook it. I'm just oh, talking about the flavor, fire. the awesome flavor of this meat roasting over a fire. That's what most people prefer. In the Middle Ages, uh, they preferred meat roasting over the fire. I like my chestnuts over over roasted fire. <laughs> that that makes sense as well. And don't I, approve I, that I, joke. <laughs> I do yeah, not approve that joke. It was, it was, I don't it approve. Is, he had zero percent confidence in the joke. He just kind of stumbled onto it. People, um, and it. it's not Christmas time, so I'm not going to approve it. Every day, I wish every day could be Christmas. Well, uh, all right. Let's just say the people in the Middle Ages preferred this uh meat spit idea they just thought it was the best way to eat the tastiest way to cook and net they didn't spit on the meat but um it was a very time consuming process because it has to like cook over the entire day over the fire yeah but what else they had no tv what else were they doing yeah i don't know there's nothing else to do at the time um at all like uh Sharpen your sword or or spin the meat. I don't, I don't know. There's only two options. <laughs> Mike loves spinning the meat. Yeah. So yeah, he spits on a little bit and then <laughs> spins away. It, it was like an arduous job because obviously that meat's cooking all day long. And usually like the lowest person in the chef or like in, in the cooking kitchen, whatever, was ta- put to this task because it sucked. And so what they would do since it was so hot and terrible is they would like put a hay bale in there and soak it with water so that way it would protect the person who's spinning the meat from the 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 heat so they wouldn't get heat exhaustion okay uh but obviously your hands would get covered in blisters and it would be pretty much horrible like nobody would want to do this job so what do you think they came up with to save the poor boy from cranking the spit all day long. <laughs> they had girls do it. You would think. I don't know if uh, they would want to do that, but no. Of the oven. I'm going to assume you're going to say the oven. No. The no. panini press? 
No, they absolutely refuse. In this story, they refuse to use the oven. They refuse. They they absolutely do not want to do this. What about toaster ovens? No, they refuse to use toaster ovens. There was microwaves. no toaster ovens. Now, in we the know from my fact a couple of weeks ago that the microwave wasn't invented until like the 40s or 50s. Until something around. <laughs> we I remember from the fact. Well, all right. Since you guys can't, you're not really striking on this. A dog was actually bred for the task. What? Ooh. Yeah. This this dog was like a small. Hold on, is it a pit bull? Not a pit bull. A small, low bodied. I'm gonna explain this dog and see if you can kind of picture in your head. Sounds like you're describing Alex. Yeah, small, low bodied, short, crooked legs. Do you have crooked legs? Oh, it's a bulldog. And a heavy head with droopy ears. Definitely Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them were gray and white, and some were red and black. The bulldog. No, not a bulldog. This is actually its own. This this actual species is extinct now. It doesn't exist. So it was. A, it's a breed that the was made eagle? specifically for one use only, and that was to turn meat all day long. Um, and how Should they would do that this? is they would run in a uh, a wheel, and the wheel was higher up, like not away, like away from the fire, so the dog wouldn't overheat. Obviously, that would be bad. And they had like a chain connected to the wheel uh, that turned the spit. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds terrible. I know it does. It does sound t- terrible. And this dog was uh, actually dubbed the Turnspit Dog. Yeah, turnspit okay. Dog. Yeah, the Turnspit Dog. And some called it the Kitchen Dog or the Cooking Dog. Um, but it was uh, first mentioned in 1576. So this dog goes way, way back in the first book about dogs. So. 1576, there's a side fact. Uh, that's when the first book about dogs came out. You voted. Check. It didn't say. Um, but I'm sure if you go to the library and say, hey, please give me the first book about dogs, uh, you'll probably get something. Isn't there like a whole book in the Bible about uh, all the disciples' pet dogs? Yeah, but that was super pets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was a book about... There, there's one no. dog. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is my dog. <laughs> so this these is poor Judas dogs. And his dog Ace. <laughs> yeah. So these poor dogs work six days a week, but they would get a break for the Sabbath. Yeah, you know? for them. You I feel this this uh, fact is making me sad. But they wouldn't give them a break to give them a break uh, to because they felt sorry for them. They gave them a break because they would help. Warm their feet at church. Jeez. So basically, he brought these dogs to church to warm their feet. Humans suck. Yeah. So um, as time went on, uh, 1700s, 1800s, these dogs were used everywhere. Like Great Britain, America. They were in like hotels and restaurants (laughs) and kitchens. Everywhere. The two countries most alike. (laughs) Well, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) <laughs> runs the gamut <laughs> <laughs> runs the gambit but yeah they're very 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 popular for at least a while um in english speaking worlds okay there we go <laughs> save save the fact <laughs> uh but they were really popular until the invention of Delina dog robot dogs <laughs> no, no no the invention Children. of Clock jacks. Clock jacks? Yeah. 
Was it Clock a Jacks made the turn spit dog obsolete. And uh, they peaked in popularity around the 1750s. <laughs> and uh, by the 1900s, they were completely extinct. Jeez. Yeah. Poor dog. What a shit life. And they lived at 500 years. All right. Side fact. <laughs> the reason why the SPCA exists is because of the turnspit dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Or one yeah. of the one of the uh, culprits. Um, the guy way. who founded the SPCA felt so bad about the turnspit dog that he himself um, started the organization. Nice. So something good happened. Um, the reason why they're not around is they just weren't a great dog. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine if like your whole like style of breed is you work all day and to then turn warm me? feet on yeah. Sundays? Yeah. Well, I could use a what dog. What did you feet. do? I ran all day. Yeah, they they uh they were seen as the dog for the lower class. And so, like, nobody wanted to have them because they were kind of looked down on for having these dogs. So, like, people just stopped breeding them. They just stopped existing. Um, And uh, the last big written thing about them is they said they were ugly little dogs with quite morose disposition. So, nobody wanted to keep them as pets. Man. The turnspit dogs became extinct. Their life was It's kind of sad, yeah. But I didn't know this I dog breed it. existed at all. I missed what you were saying. I was looking at Mike. <laughs> yeah, what did you I say, said, Pat? I said their life was rough. Oh. I'm glad I missed that. I'm glad I got to say it again. Uh-huh. 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 I'll try to keep that in somehow with the magic of editing. You know what? <laughs> I don't approve that joke. All right, Mike, finish up. Make make me laugh or something. Well, all right. The uh, I forgot to say uh, that the the person who was originally turning this um, spit was uh, cranking the meat all day. Um, I, I was I, I, <laughs> I was going to include that. Bring it back, baby. I was going to include that spit, phrase uh, in there, but boy. totally left yeah. it out. What's the name those, of your fact? Those kids are also extinct. <laughs> the kids are cranking all day behind yeah. the wet bale of hay. <laughs> That's it. the name of Mike's fact is the kids who crank it all day behind the wet bale of hay. No, my my, my fact is called uh, Dizzy Dog. Dizzy Dog. Yeah, my fact is called Dizzy Dog. Dizzy Dog. Hey, what a what a shit life. All right, I'm gonna bring it home. I got a good one. It's pretty basic. <laughs> I'm glad you're confident. It. I'll I'll make this all better. Uh, this is going to be the best fact you'll ever hear in your whole life. I didn't have a fact earlier today, and I thought of a movie, and then I came up with my fact. In 1968, Dr. Spencer Silver, a scientist at 3M in the United States, attempted to develop a super strong adhesive. Instead, he accidentally created a low-tech, reusable, pressure-sensitive adhesive, which you might now know as the Post-it Note. You're watching uh, Bobby and Michelle's High School Reunion. <laughs> I just thought of it. I had a weird thought about Robbie and Michelle's High School Reunion. <laughs> now they uh, say that they invented the post-it. So then yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder who invented the post-it. And now you're about to find out who invented the post-it. Hitting and let me just say, button. it's shrouded in mystery. Really? And at the end of the episode, voters can vote on my fact and also who do they think invented the post-it note. Yeah, put, that, put it out there, Mike, on the socials. Yeah. No, Pat, you can you can post the poll on your page on Twitter, and then I'll I'll retweet it 
through the. I'm constantly posting my poll on my Twitter page. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well, amidst all the other pictures of your poll on on your Twitter. Yeah, I I'm the only one out here uh, doing some marketing for our podcast, playing some clips online. So listeners, check out the clips after you listen to the episode. Listen to my favorite clip of the week. All right. So, so 3M, the post-it note company, right? Everyone yeah. uses post-it notes. I'm sure in your desk right now at work, you have like 10,000 post-it notes. You know what the M stands that the M stands for? I was about to tell you, but would you like to tell everyone? No, I was going to make something up, but if you know, <laughs> go ahead. It stands for Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the M's. Yeah, so they started as a mining company. And then in apparently Minnesota? in Minnesota... And that's where they found the post-it notes? They, 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 well, they, they dug, dug them up. The ground. They're like, we're going to find gold. What the hell is this sticky paper? Um, apparently, they, like some story was like they went to go mine this specific thing. And when they got there, not only was that mineral not there, but the mineral that was there sucked. So then they had to pivot their company to being this like innovate, innovator company of like, we're just going to keep trying new things. But they kept their name, 3M. Nice. That's true. So, they have like tape and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Post-it is like, Post-it is like uh, Kleenex, where it's like, it's the name brand. Like, you're like, oh, these are Post-it notes, but that's their name of what it is. I couldn't even name another brand of Post-its. I don't know. I can't either. Everyone. Snap it. Flood Mike's uh, Twitter feed with names of other companies that make Post-its. All I know is the stupid cash uh, advance store down the road from my house drops off advertising post-it notes in my mailbox like once a week so i never run out i just have a endless supply of cash advance post-it notes that i use what's that mike you want to know how they came up with that sticky adhesive that's yes. kind of sticky but not so sticky yeah i guess that's if you if you used um some like weird um way to break down my sentence that's that's what i was saying actually <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> i know every time you get this piece of mail you look at it and go Hmm, I wonder who invented this. So, uh, Spencer Silver, Dr. Spencer Silver, he he was trying to make an incredibly strong adhesive and somehow accidentally made something the complete opposite, which was like, it's sticky, but it's not so sticky, and it doesn't leave a mark, which was like a big thing. Now, you would think, as much as we all use the post-it note, this was like instantly a billion-dollar idea, but it actually was six years went by of Dr. Silver going around his company trying to pitch this as a use, like, and they could not think of a use for this adhesive. Oh, okay. So it wasn't initially on paper. He was just like, hey, I have this sticky substance that's sort of sticky. Uh, who yeah. wants it? Yeah. And so they're just like, ew. <laughs> it's like, ew, this sticky paper. It's kind of sticky, but it's not really sticky. Ew. I don't want it on my hands. <laughs> yeah. So in 1974, Full six years uh, later, his uh, colleague Art Fry. Okay. He was, yeah, the Ballad of Art Fry. That's a joke for our dad. So, Art Fry, he was a religious man, and every Sunday he would go to church and he would sing his hymns out of his Bible hymnal or his Bible book or you know whatever. And he was like, "Wait, I use bookmarks, and I could use this sticky adhesive as a bookmark." And that's how they came up with the idea. Of making the post-it note. And Mike said no good ideas have ever come from church. That's true. Well, he was not paying attention in church. Yeah, that's what you go to church for. So 
you can have the best <laughs> ideas in church because you're listening to everything else besides what's go- what's going it's on. It's the one time a week you get this to think clearly. Yes. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't quote, don't quote me. <laughs> no distractions. Um, so it originally it was uh, marketed in a few states as press and peel, uh, but it didn't really test well. Um, and then it wasn't fully rolled out until 1980. So it was created in 1968. It wasn't fully rolled out until 12 years later as the post-it. And now they make millions and millions and millions every day. So they didn't try jerk and stick? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I do approve it. Jerk and stick is kind of funny. <laughs> so here, you guys ready for the controversy? Yeah. So the 3M story took place in 1974 when Art Fry said, hey, I got this Bible book, um, which is like a little wholesome and stuff. But then apparently there's another inventor, Alan Amron. Oh, yeah. Who made claims. Yeah. He said that he went to 3M in 1973 with the technology of the post-it note. And he's like, and I have this satanic him. Bible I want to put <laughs> put stick, sticky notes in. And they're like, no, no, no. We can't tie ourselves to the satanic Bible. Yeah. So, Exactly. I hate when that happens, when you're always tying yourself to the Satanic Bible. Remember when we sold our souls for this podcast? Yes. This is all we could afford? <laughs> You'd think uh, we'd be so famous by now if we sold our souls, but I guess they're worth nothing. Worth nope. <laughs> they weren't worth much. We're actually still in debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sold So debt. he said he showed their company, he showed it to them in 1973. In 1997, he finally uh, he filed a suit against them, and he settled with them they gave him a check as part of the settlement he had to make no future claims against the company as saying that they didn't create it yeah stop talking about this in bars and stuff <laughs> exactly like we shut up um and then 3m was not allowed to claim to be the inventor of post-its either so that was like part of the deal so wait so the guy silver he made yes. the technology like that's not questioned right uh, actually, that is 3M story. That's what they say. And then this guy says that in 1973, oh, okay. a year before they came up with the use for it. So they're saying that they had the technology for years and couldn't think of anything to do with it. We would have sitting around on our hands. Now, would you like to hear what uh, Alan's idea, how he came up with it? He was organizing something and wanted something that he could put to organize better. He was uh, a newly married man, and he had to leave a note for his wife. Classic. Classic. Uh, my first year of marriage was just leaving notes all around the house. Thank God they had post-it notes. So he wanted to leave a note on the fridge, and he couldn't find any scotch tape. But what did he see on his kitchen counter? Some gum. So he chewed up a piece of gum, and he was going to use it to stick to the fridge, but apparently... His wife's you know. going to love that. <laughs> yeah. So here's what he did in order for it to not be too sticky. He took some dust from the counter... And mushed it in so it had like, you know, it wasn't super sticky. And Quite then he brilliant. Put the, I know. And he put the gum and the paper on the fridge. And when his wife got home, she took it off. And there was no stain. And she said, this is a billion dollar idea. Because that's how they thought back in the 70s. They didn't even know what the word billion was probably. Yeah. This is a hundreds of dollars idea. <laughs> yeah. We can make dozens of dollars. Um, and so that's how he came up with the idea. He was trying to leave a note for his wife. So that's I, his I imagine him going to 3M to pitch this, and he had like a bunch of gum in his mouth, and he's like chewing it up, and then he like has a, a handful of dust and kind of like combines the two and shows it to him, and they just kick him out because he demonstrated it so poorly. 
I think he was chewing gum, fell out of his mouth under the fridge. He went down to go get it, tried to put it back in his mouth. was like, ugh, this is disgusting. <laughs> Spit it out onto the fridge and then just slapped a piece of paper on to cover up his mistake. That's my theory. That's pretty in-depth. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the how the story ends. In 2016, 3M is still going around saying they created the Post-it note. So he sues them again claiming that they keep going around saying they're the inventors, and he was seeking $400 million in damages. $400 um, million? Dollars. Wow. Yeah, because uh, this is what he said. He's like, I just, this is a quote, quote, I just want them to admit that I'm the inventor and that they will stop saying that they are the inventor every single day that they keep claiming they invented it damages my reputation and defames me, end quote. Wait, didn't this guy get $2 million in a settlement before? No, he got an undisclosed check. Oh, so okay. they did. They had. They made a settlement, but part of the settlement was, they was like kick. no one was allowed to say that they invented it. Kind of. Okay. Not they gave me a pack of gum. You can say it. Ah, sweet. I invented the sticky note. So here Suck is it. the uh, here's the the final p- clue. So now, listeners, you can decide who you think was it: Doctor Spencer Silver, or was it inventor Alan Amron? In 2000, in July 2016, the same year that he filed that suit, which was later just dismissed. He didn't win or lose, like they just yeah. didn't take the case. Um, in July 2016, a former 3M marketing department employee, Daniel Dassel, voluntarily came forward as an eyewitness that in 1974, Alan Amron had in fact disclosed his press-on memo sticky notes invention to 3M. Wow. And that is where the facts end. What do you think? Did this guy get anything for it? Yes. Undisclosed amount. That's, that's all we know. No, no, the guy who came for it at the end. Yeah, they covered his car in post-it notes. <laughs> yeah. That's how they. That's how you, uh, when you retire from 3M, you give a little going away present. Thank you. Oh, and there's a little addendum. In 1997, this is the plot thickens. In 1997, at their high school reunion, best friends Romy and Michelle <laughs> claimed to be the real inventors of the post-it. Which I wrote down in Alex's room at the very top of the. What's the name of A sticky situation. Oh, yeah, nice you're not the only yeah. one to come up with stupid names for their facts. I think it's the uh, Alan guy. I think so it. too. The other name sounds fake. Doctor Spencer Silver. Spencer Silver. Sounds like a cool name. Sounds like a bad soap opera name. Spencer Silver. <laughs> Dun, dun. So there you have it, folks. You can uh, three facts for the week or a dizzy dog by Mike, a sticky situation by Pat, and where did they go? By me, Alex. You so, know what I miss? Yeah, I miss rolling the dice at the end of every episode. Me too. Fans, do you miss it? I know you can hear me. I'm gonna leave yes. a pause here so you can answer. <laughs> Everyone, stop talking. Fans, do you miss me rolling the dice? Why don't you just roll the dice and we have nothing attached to the numbers at all? I'm so glad you said that. Uh, I'm guessing number four. Mike, you got a number? Uh, is this like your uh, weird nerd dice or regular dice? Mm, the six-sided die. All right, uh, six. I held it up to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Can you hear yeah. that number at home, folks? <laughs> all right, I'm going to say three. And it was a three. Whoa, okay, Pat go. wins this week. All right. So... Go ahead and vote at factoffpodcast.com or if you look in the show notes, there's a link to it on the vote. 
Um, yeah, pick who you think is the winner. Check us out on all the social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Not on TikTok yet because Mike refuses to get one. At Fact Off Pod. Yep. Uh, rate and review us at Apple or Spotify. Most importantly, have a great day. We've only got two reviews, by the way, guys. So I, I think our listeners need to step it up a little bit. And we don't have any reviews on Spotify yet. Come on. We're giving you all these facts. You guys can't give us one. Yeah. One. Like? All these free facts, and you came and leave us a a long, good review. What if this just turned into us really like ripping into the, the few people who listen to our podcast? Listen here, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye.